Blog Talk Radio. We're going to be talking sports and having fun doing. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call six four six seven two seven three zero seven zero. That's six four six seven two seven three zero seven zero. You can listen to the show blogtalkradio.com slash pcant. Send messages to the show on Twitter at go for it can't. And also hit us up on this chat room here at blogtalkradio.com slash pcant. We're going to talk sports, have some fun doing it. Expected to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rofe and also Jets wide receiver Jeremy Carley. Jets coming off a disappointing loss to the Buffalo Bills, uh, a game winning your end situation, uh, a game that, you know, if they, they're in a situation there, down the stretch, they're down by one, in field goal range, Fitzpatrick throws an interception in the end zone. That's tough. Tough loss by the Jets. Rex Ryan has got him again, and the New York Jets are out of plus. But we're going to talk to Jeremy about that, and also Hall of Famer Willie Rofe as we preview uh, the weekend that is about to be in the National Football League with the wild card weekend and, and some decent matchups, and we'll get to that as we go along uh, throughout the course of this 90 minutes. Also, Johnny Menzel, we'll get to that as well. Is it really that serious, Johnny? We'll talk about that. Um, Hall of Fame. Got a couple new members, Baseball Hall of Fame. Got a couple new members there. We'll talk about that. You got the National Championship game coming up as well. So there's a lot to talk about. I want to start, though, in the NBA and Steph Curry. Steph Curry now has a shin injury at this point and an injury that would take four weeks to heal. But Steph Curry's going to play through it. He says he's going to play through it. He's going to be wearing some special shin guards to get him through it. So he's going to play through it. He's going to find a way to get through it. And here's my thing. I understand why Steph would want to fight through it. I mean, there's a possibility he could be an MVP candidate. He's definitely, most definitely, probably the favorite to win the MVP at this point. Um, And I'm not saying that's the reason why, but I think it's probably bigger in terms of 73, in terms of 70, in terms of that rarefied air of 70. You know, the 72, 10 Bulls, maybe the Warriors want to go 73 and 9. But here's the thing. I understand why Steph wants to continue to go. I get it. But I look at the San Antonio Spurs who are right there. I mean, they're three games out. until you hear Every now and then you look at Tim Duncan's getting rest and Ark Aldridge is getting rest and you know, the team, they're getting rest left and right. The Warriors are still plowing, still pushing, still moving. Steph Curry playing with injury. And, you know, at the end of the day, even after the the big-time record going up 24-0 and, and then now having, you know, being 33-2, and you're still only three games up on the San Antonio Spurs. And, you know, quietly, the San Antonio Spurs – and 
and I say quietly, but you went th- you're thirty one and six after thirty seven games. That's not quiet. That's big time. But because of what Golden State did and how they started the season with that, you know, going undefeated and, and, and you know approaching that thirty uh, three game win streak of the Lakers, because of the way Golden State played and, and the, to, because of the way they jumped out on everybody, we forgot about the San Antonio Spurs. We forgot about popping them. And you can't do that in terms of winning the, winning the championship. I, I don't think you, – you look at it now. Do you – can we definitively say that the Warriors would beat the San Antonio Spurs in the seven-game series? I don't – I can't say that. Spurs with their size and, and, you know, their versatility, they're big time. Golden State's big time too. And, you know, as we watch the Western Conference, the more and more you believe – that you know these two teams will will probably be matched up in the conference finals at some point. In the conference finals, the, these two teams will probably see each other in the conference final, and, and the question becomes, who gets it done? Who gets it done? Because and, and it's funny, you know, I was I was I said this last I said this the last time I was on here, and you know I'm welcome into 2016. Hopefully 2016 is a great year for you and a great year for me. But I I look at the East, and I look at the West, and the West is top-heavy, and the East has balance. And that's funny because the West has always had that balance, and the East was top-heavy, but now it's kind of flipped a little bit. I mean, the Utah Jazz have an Eastern Conference-like record of 15-20 and in the AC. You look at the Sacramento Kings, they have an East-like record of 15-21, and but they're only a half game behind the Utah Jazz. So the East has become the West, and the West has become the East. It's funny how things change. NFL now. We got wild card weekend coming up, and and I say this all the time, but this is a great time of the year, and this is a great weekend of football. This weekend and next weekend, bottom line, because you got a situation where you got football on Saturday, football on Sunday. So you're good Saturday and Sunday for this week, and you're good Saturday and Sunday for next week. And oh, by the way, on Monday you got a college football national championship. So you got some co- meaningful, competitive, big time football coming up in the next few days and weeks, for that matter. And, and so you, you you look at it, you look at it, and you look at some of these matchups. You, you wonder questions thrown out there. Can the Bengals finally get out of the first round? We'll see. Uh, what's going on with the Packers? Can they can they turn this thing around after limping into the playoffs? Texans or Chiefs? Two teams that are hot football teams, but which team will bring that hotness into the playoffs, into the game? And the Seahawks and Vikings, will we get a rematch of what we saw a few weeks ago? So, they, I mean, these are some of the questions that we, we have to answer as we go throughout the course of this show and as we go throughout the course of these games. And, and, and I look at these games, I, I look at first Redskins. Let's start with the Redskins and, and, and the Packers. I, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some, some numbers out here for you. And these numbers, you know, they'll, they'll probably astound you a little bit. They'll probably surprise you a little bit. But I'm going to throw these out here. You look at. I'm going to give some. I give the numbers 
of a quarterback in this particular game over the past few weeks. This particular quarterback has hasn't thrown for more than two scores in eight straight games and at the same time has turned the ball over eight times in the last six games. Is it A, Kirk Cousins, B, Aaron Rodgers? If you said Kirk Cousins, you are absolutely wrong. It's Aaron Rodgers. And, and that's that's stunning. That's stunning that we, we would be talking about Aaron Rodgers and, and, and the struggles of Aaron Rodgers. But you look at his numbers at the end of the day, 31 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. So at the end of the day, still big-time gear. But he's had moments of not so – he's had some not-so-good moments throughout the course of this year. It doesn't help that his best wide receiver, his number one weapon, Jordy Nelson's on the sideline. Oh, it doesn't help that Aaron Rodgers has been sacked 13 times in the last two games. That doesn't help. Doesn't help at all. That doesn't help. But you look at the way this Packer team is coming into these playoffs. You look how they had an opportunity uh, against the Minnesota Vikings to get a home playoff game against the Seahawks. And they didn't get it done. But then I'll counter you this. Who would you rather play? Would you rather play Seattle at home in Green Bay or would you rather go on the road to play the Redskins? I I, I think we know the answer to that. The, The answer is evident. The answer is pretty obvious. You rather, you rather play the Redskins in Washington instead of playing Seattle in Green Bay. Seattle's playing big-time football right now. That's a hot football team at the right time. That's a team that struggled early on, more so defensively than offensively, but struggled early on, and then Russell Wilson took off, Camp Chancellor's back. The defense took off. And so they're taking off. And so within the, in the midst of taking off, they become a team that you would like to avoid, if any and all possible. That's a team you want to avoid. You want to stay far, far away from the Seahawks, I believe. You most definitely do. But I I, I look at the Green Bay Packers, and, you know, you you say, obviously, I look at the Green Bay Packers, and when I look at the Green Bay Packers, I look at anybody when Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback has a puncher's chance. You know, it's almost like uh, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson comes into the ring. You know, he can be an old Mike Tyson. But Mike Tyson has that puncher's chance. And I look at the Green Bay Packers, even though they're not protecting Aaron Rodgers very well, even though Jordy Nelson is not there and that's a part of their struggles, even after all that, even though they lost the last two games, even after all that, you still have Aaron Rodgers. You still have a guy who is one of the best quarterbacks in this league. You still have a guy who put up big-time numbers throughout the course of this season. 
you still have a dude at the end of the day who uh, threw for 31 touchdowns and only eight interceptions. You still have that guy. So if you're the Packers, when it comes to these playoffs, you have what they call a puncher's chance. But I look at this particular football game, and, and never in my wildest dreams would I ever think in my life that I would consider a team with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. Well, never in my life would, would I have thought that a team quarterbacked by Kirk Cousins would actually beat Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. First and foremost, I never thought the Redskins would even get to this point. But this is a team, Kirk Cousins, 29 touchdowns, you know, just big-time numbers by Kirk Cousins, almost 70% in terms of completion percentage, a, 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 a guy who has stepped up his play and a guy who's made Washington forget almost three years ago what, about RG3. I mean, if I would have told you today that Kirk Cousins Hold on, if I would have told you today the Redskins would be in the playoffs and RG3 wouldn't be your quarterback, if I would have told you a few years ago that that would be the case in 2015, you would think I was crazy because RG3 got off to a a tremendous, a huge start in his career. We thought RG3 would still be climbing and rising. Now RG3, we look at RG3, he's been inactive the whole year. He's been on the bench the whole year. Hasn't played one snap. The whole year. And and so I would never in my wildest dreams believe that Kirk Cousins would be in this position. Never in my wildest dreams would I thought the Redskins would be in this position in 2015. Heck, I thought the Eagles or the Cowboys would be one of the teams that would be, and and, and I thought one of those two teams would be one of the teams in, in the playoffs representing the NFC East. Didn't think it would be the Redskins. But you look at this Redskin football team, and I know the Packers are a favorite, one point. But if you just watch these two teams, you watch how these two teams finish the season, you watch the progression of Kirk Cousins, you see the weapons on the offensive side of the ball for the Washington Redskins, you see how this team has gotten better throughout the course of this year, you see the Packers who – Pretty much, you know, last six games for three and three, and, and you know, a team that pretty much should have got swept by the Detroit Lions, a, a team that should really have ended the season two and four instead of three and three, a, 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 a team that struggles and has struggled, and, and I see, you know, this team, the Green Bay Packers you know, 25th in passing yards per game. And I'm like, wow, but Aaron Rodgers, 31-8. and eight. I, I, I see a team that, you know, obviously is a struggling football team. And, and, and if you're not, with your left tackle now, a game-time decision, and with your inability to protect your quarterback and the way that Red, the Redskins are playing at home and have played at home throughout the course of the season, the way Kirk Cousins is flowing, the way Jordan Reed is flowing, the way this Redskins defense is playing better down the stretch, I I, I think it's safe to say, well, I'm not going to tell you what it's safe to say. I'll, I'll give you that a little later on. 
But based off of some of the things I'm saying, you might know where I'm leaning. But I, I look at also, you know, sticking in the NFC, you look at the uh, the Vikings and the Seahawks. You, you, you look at – see, here's how I look at the Minnesota Vikings football team. Kudos to Mike Zimmer. Kudos to that football team going into Green Bay and getting the division. That's huge. That's huge for this program. That's huge for progression. That's huge. This is a team, you know, that finished the year on a three-game win streak that won a game. of. Uh, it wasn't a playoff game, per se, because you win, you still get in. But it was an opportunity for you to win the NFC North. And guess what? Your boys stepped up and won the NFC North. Your boys stepped up and, and did what you needed to do. That's a big-time victory for this program. But here's what I'll say. Big-time victory for this program, no doubt about it. But if you're the Minnesota Vikings, who would you rather play? Who, who, who do you think you would have a better chance against? Redskins or, or, or the Seahawks? Well, there was a regular season game where the Seahawks went into Minnesota and gave them an absolute beatdown. And I know this game is going to be very, very cold. It's going to be cold. Cold! So, you know, you're going to strap it up, you know, get all, get all, your, your, all your warm things that you can get. Can you imagine being out there and watching that particular football game in that type of weather? Here's a news flash. I wouldn't be out there. I most definitely would not be out there. I would be home in the comfort of my own home watching the game. Ain't no way I'd be out there in this particular game. You're talking about a high. This is a high. A high of zero. And we're not even talking wind chill. So... This is crazy. Crazy. And so the reality is, we'll see how much the cold will factor into this game. We'll see. But you're talking now a high of zero. That's crazy. Could you imagine playing in that type of weather? Could you imagine? You're talking about with the wind chill is going to make it feel like minus 20 below. Minus 20 below. Woo! Man, that's crazy. But you get paid the big bucks. That's why you get paid the big bucks to get big victories and big situations. And it's a cold situation. But, I mean, I, I, I can't say that favors anybody. You know, obviously, if you talk snow or you talk, you know, rain or some wind, I think that's, uh, that may affect the football game more so. Well, I, 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 can't definitively, I can't definitively say that because it, it, it's cold, and it, and it could affect some things. It could make the ball a little harder. It, it could affect how people do things. Most definitely. But it, it, it should be interesting. And, and I think anytime you have something that – I think weather helps the team, the least talented team. 
and the least talented team in this particular situation is the Minnesota Vikings. So on some level, this could help the Minnesota Vikings. This could help the Minnesota Vikings. This could be something that evens the playing field a little bit. It could even the playing field a little bit. So who knows? And, you know, here's some things about what happens in weather. So in terms of turnovers, turnovers are more common in cold weather games. Okay? So the temp- if, if you look at it, there, there's a stat out here. Using a 1,000 game sample size, teams average about 3.2 turnovers per game when the temperatures have been greater than 50 degrees. That number jumped to 5.6 per game when the temperatures dropped below 10 degrees. So that's a two-turnover difference on average, and that's, uh, you know, two turnovers can turn a football game around very easily. That's, that can easily, easily turn a football game around. And, and so, obviously, this weather, I think it's a good thing for the Minnesota Vikings. It's a good thing for them because they're the least talented football team here. So it, the weather helps them out. The weather puts them in position to possibly win this game. Who knows? But it's going to be an uphill battle, I think. But when you say weather, the weather helps the Minnesota Vikings. Helps the Minnesota Vikings, no doubt. We'll see. And I'll give my prediction on that later on in the show. Steelers-Bengals also. We go to the AFC Steelers-Bengals. You know, that's an interesting football game from the standpoint, you know, these two teams have seen each other three times. Well, we'll see each other three times this season. D'Angelo Williams is out. Andy Dalton is out. And this is a Cincinnati Bengals football team that's trying to find a way to get a playoff victory. It's been a struggle. It's been an issue. It's been a problem for the Cincinnati Bengals in terms of getting out of the first round of playoffs. Maybe a good thing Andy Dalton's not here. Andy Dalton has been ruled out. A.J. McCarron, who's been a part of championship caliber football on a collegiate level. This guy, this guy knows what it takes to win on a collegiate level. This guy doesn't seem afraid of this stage. He doesn't seem afraid of this stage. And, you know, so this is a quarterback who, against the Denver Broncos, I watched him on Monday night a couple weeks back, I like what I saw, especially early on. Uh, you know, as it went on, you know, he, he wasn't didn't play big time football throughout the course of the whole football game, but he got off to a great start. But you saw a, a, a quarterback who was composed. You you saw a quarterback who looked like he belonged on some level. He looked like he belonged, and and so and, and here's also some numbers I'm looking at. As I look at the last three games of the season that he started, you know, after that Steelers game where he came in off the bench, he was two touchdowns, two interceptions in that game, but, you know, he's coming in off the bench. But I look at the final three weeks of the season, you know, 15-21, 192, one touchdown, and a win against the 49ers. Of course, that game against the Broncos, 22 for 35, 200 yards, one touchdown. And then last week against the Ravens, 17 for 27, uh, 160 yards, two touchdowns. The thing that pops out to me, it's five touchdowns, you know, not very, you know, pedestrian numbers, got at 200, didn't get over 200 in any of those starts, but I didn't see any turnovers. I didn't see any interceptions. I didn't see a guy who who threw interceptions. So 
with what you have defensively in Cincinnati, and they have a big-time defense, what they bring to the table on the defensive side of football, if A.J. McCarron, and and I know they're going up against a big-time Steelers offense, but if A.J. McCarron can not hurt his team, and what I mean by hurt his team is, is not turn the football over, Cincinnati has a great chance to win this football game because of what they bring to the table on the defensive side of the ball. Because uh, this is a team that only giving up 17 points a game. That's second best in the league. Second best in this league. This is a team, even without Andy Dalton there, that still has big-time weapons on the offensive side of the football. A.J. Green is a weapon. Tyler Eifert is a weapon. You know, these guys are weapons. Jeremy Hill is a weapon. Giovanni Bernard is a weapon. So there's weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, I I know what I saw in terms of the Steelers, in terms of them scoring 33 points against the Bengals last time these two teams met up. But I, I still, you know, I still look at Andy Dalton, and, you know, uh, McCarron coming off the bench, Andy Dalton not being there. Being there. And one of those uh, 33 points, was a pick six by uh, William Gay. And so, but we've seen from that point on, in in terms of A.J. McCarron, we've seen a guy who protects the football. And those three starts, what pops out is him protecting that football. But the Steelers are big time offensively. You know, obviously Antonio Brown is a weapon. Martavius Bryant and and Marcus Wheaton, these big wide receivers, you know, they're, they're weapons. They're weapons. So reality is Steelers now have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball, but my thing is this. Defensively, you can get some things done against that Steeler defense. And my thing is also this. Cincinnati do. There are, I mean, they do. You know, I mean, year after year after year, they're due. They, they got to be due, Right? I mean, maybe, maybe it's a good thing Andy Dalton's not there. Or maybe it is a bad thing. I mean, you know, obviously Andy Dalton was having a big-time year. Before he went down, he was having a, a big-time year for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was putting up some numbers. No doubt about it. Finished season, 25 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. So he's putting up some numbers. He was having a tremendous season, big time. But the re- reality is we we never – complained about Andy Dalton, the guy in the regular season. We complained about Andy Dalton in the playoffs. We complained because in his first time in the playoffs, 27 for 42, 257 yards, but oh, by the way, three picks. 2012, 14 for 30, 127 yards, one pick. You notice one thing here. No touchdowns in 2011, no touchdowns in 2012. 2013, one touchdown, but two picks. And then 2014, last season, no touchdowns, no picks, and a loss. So I have nothing to say bad about Andy Dalton in the regular season. But I have a lot to say bad about Andy Dalton in the postseason. And, and so here – is an opportunity, well, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is an opportunity for A.J. McCarron. 
if AJ McCarron wins this football game, should we should AJ McCarron go on? Should should you stay? Do you stay with the hot hand, so to speak, or or, or do you make the decision to go back to Andy Dalton? And, and that's going to be a tough decision. I, I think it's going to depend on how well McCarron plays. Now, if you if if AJ McCarron goes out, puts some solid numbers up there, throws a couple touchdowns, protects the football and you win, maybe you continue on. But if A.J. McCarron struggles a little bit, but defensively they pick you up a little bit, maybe a turnover here or there, maybe something on special teams helps you out and you get the victory, maybe you go back to Dalton. I, 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 think, I, think, you have to, I think you almost go back to, almost have to go back to Dalton, but it, I think it also depends on how well McCarron plays. And I think that's going to be the deciding factor in whether Marvin Lewis – you know, decides to go back to Dalton. But we'll we'll see what happens. And we'll see if Dalton will – there's a possibility Dalton may not even be available anyway. So, you know, reality is this could be the A.J. McCarron show throughout the course of the playoffs as long as it lasts for the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll see. We'll see. But the, the, we'll see if, again, if – you know, according to, to reports, little Marvin Lewis, the rehab is going well for Andy Dalton. You know, the, the, the cast was removed. And, and so, I mean, the cast is just removed. So, you know, obviously you want to, you know, strengthen it a little bit. I mean, there's, there's, there's probably a good chance that he might not even be available anyway. But the, this is a Bengals team that's desperate for a playoff win. January 6th, night. 1991, the last time, the last time, the Cincinnati Bengals won in the playoffs. So, it's been a minute, a little more than a minute, about 15 minutes. <laughs> Get it? 15 years, 15 minutes. And then you got the you got another game, um, Cincinnati, not Cincinnati, uh, the Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs, two teams that come into the dance fairly hot. You know, two teams coming into this situation, you know, ending their seasons on high notes. You got the Texans who won, uh, you know, a bunch of their games down the stretch, eight of their final nine. I'm sorry, seven of their final eight they won. And, and so that's huge. You won some big games along the way, including beating the Cincinnati Bengals at Cincinnati, which is big. On a Monday night game, that was a big victory for that football team. Uh, this football team, this the Texans football team, who 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 plays who's playing some good football. They they really have turned this thing around. And Brian Hoyer hasn't been a part of it, but that defense is huge. JJ Watt is big time. I look at these two D, two defenses, and one of the metrics that I pay attention to when it comes to defenses is points per game, and nineteen point six points per game for. The Texans at seventh, and then you got the, the the Chiefs who are third in terms of points per game. So that's the metric I pay attention to when it comes to defense. It, it's not about to me, you know, how many yards you give up. It's about what are you doing to keep teams from getting getting into the end zone? Are you keeping teams out of the end zone? And they are keeping teams out of the end zone, the Texans and the Chiefs. But I, I look at this, and, and I think to me. I look at quarterback play, and I look at Alex Smith, who has done a great job over the years 
protecting the football and has done it this year as well. Alex Smith protects the football. You can say what you want to say about him not getting the ball down the field. He protects the football. And you look at the past from 2011 till now, past five seasons, 2011, only five interceptions, 2012, only five interceptions, and that was only in 10 games in 2012, 2013, seven picks in 15 games, 2014, six picks in 15 games, and 2015, 20 touchdowns and only seven picks. So this guy, below 10 interceptions the last five years, below 10 interceptions, under 10 interceptions the past five years, below double digits the past five seasons. So this dude has found a way to protect the football over the years. Now, on the other side, you've got Brian Hort. Now, Brian Hoyer, you know, he's had a solid season. You know, he's definitely protected the football in his nine starts. Only seven interceptions, but that's only nine starts. So if if it's a little longer, obviously the, the interceptions numbers probably would be a little higher. The interception numbers probably most definitely would be higher. But this is a guy who got off to a, a rocky start there, got benched for a few weeks, came on back in, and, you know, has led this team and gotten this team to the playoffs. Gotten this team to the playoffs. I mean, you look at last season, 13 interceptions for, for Brian Hoyer. This year, only seven. Almost nine, uh, 19 touchdowns for Brian Hoyer. But if, if I say who's the quarterback, that's if, if I ask the question, who's going to be the quarterback that makes the big mistake in this particular football team, I would say Brian Hoyer. And, you know, turnovers are the great equalizer. Turnovers turn games. Turnovers turn games in favor of the, the whatever team that is getting the turnovers. And, and so with that being said, what quarterback do I trust more? Both of these defenses are big-time defenses. They're solid defenses, play well down the stretch. You can say the Chiefs haven't beaten anybody during these 10 games that they won in a row. But they did beat the Broncos. And, you know, that was the game they, they, you know, put Peyton Manning on the bench. And, you know, Peyton Manning was injured. Well, he was injured coming into that game, but Peyton Manning was sat down moving forward. But, you know, that Chiefs team went into Denver. Denver, who was the number one seed in the playoffs, in the AFC playoffs. You know, they went in there and they beat them. And I'm saying, I'm not saying the Chiefs beat a lot of good football teams along their way of this 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 great 10-game win streak. But 10 games are 10 games. This was a team that was left for dead. And these two teams faced off uh, first game of the season. These two teams went at it. And the Chiefs won 27-20. Um, that's the game Brian Hoare actually got benched. Brian Hoare got benched in that game. And Alex Smith threw for three touchdowns in that football game. So, I guess, and again, that's, that's earlier in the season, you know, the, the Texans are a different team at this point. You could say the Chiefs are a different team at this point. But, you know, they, they were able to, they had, you know, they got Brian Hoare benched. And, and so with that being said, maybe Brian Hoare has a little score to pay uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. But even with that being said, the Chiefs had success against the Texans. Alex Smith had success and defensively had success. And, and Brian Hoyer, you know, obviously, uh, you know, picked off in that particular game. Brian Hoyer. And, and Alex Smith, big-time performance in that game, three touchdowns, got it done. 
And I think when it's all said and done, that'll be a very good football game. And I think when it's all said and done, we'll see what happens. But when we come back, we're going to be joined by Jeremy Curley of the New York Football Jets. I said Football Jets, but it's to be the New York Jets. Jeremy Curley of the Jets will be joining us when we come back. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs time. In the playoffs time, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you you a bone, man. I was trying to get your your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, (laughs) too, man. (laughs) Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that that you can can marry women. We've seen you you have a pedigree. (laughs) We've seen what you can do. We've seen it. (laughs) I would never bring my wife around, too. I yeah, just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. That's all That's not Roxy. <laughs> That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're Thanks. very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. The one of customer you are calling you really is do. not available. <laughs> so please try again later. And we're back. Go for it. Blog Talk Radio. Talking sports. Having fun doing it like we do at this time, here, each and every Friday. We're still trying to get Jeremy Curley on the line. Hopefully we can get him on before we get out of here. And we'll be getting out of here at 8.30 today. So hopefully we can get him on before we get out of here on today. How you doing? New Year, get off to a good start? I hope so. It's off to a good start for me. Can't complain. Happy. Excited. Can't complain at all. You're listening to Go For It, Block Talk Radio. Okay. Hey, what up? It's Corey Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, sir. You got it, brother. Have a go, man. Welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs time. In the playoffs time, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all. That's not Roxy. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. 
Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> We're back. Go for it. BlogTalkRadio.com slash PKN. Talk sports. Having fun doing it. And you look at, we, we focused on the playoffs and the NFL playoffs. And, and again, you know, the, the playoffs are going to be fun. whole heck of a lot of fun. Two weekends of Saturday and Sunday football. Who can ask for more? Who can ask for more? I, I don't think we can ask for anything more. But I look at also, I'm excited, obviously. And, you know, even though this is Wild Card Weekend, this whole thing is pretty wide open in my mind. It, 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 it's AFC, Patriots are limping in, Broncos. I think there's questions at the quarterback position, Manning or Osweiler. Um, the, the the NFC, Arizona's solid. Um, Carolina's big time, but I think the three teams, Arizona, ten, uh, Carolina, Seattle, those are the three teams I'm looking at in terms of teams that I believe can go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Those three teams, and I guess the Green Bay Packers, I'd give them a puncher's chance because Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback. But I, I, I just I look at it, and it's going to be fun. I can't wait for it to all happen. But I'm going to go to baseball now. And Ken Griffey Jr. is a Hall of Famer. Mike Piazza is a Hall of Famer. And so, you know, obviously, exciting times for Ken Griffey. Exciting times for Mike Piazza. And Ken Griffey, 99.93-something percent. I mean, crazy. Crazy. But Ken Griffey got 100%. He's 100% a Hall of Famer. And I mean, here's the thing. It doesn't really matter. I mean, he did earn the highest percentage of Hall of Fame votes, uh, highest percentage ever. So it doesn't really matter. He's still a Hall of Famer. But, and, and again, nobody's ever got 100%. But Griffey's gotten the highest over guys like Hank Garen, Tony Gwynn, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, Mike Schmidt. But I'm like, 100% should be 100%. You know, Ken, Ken Griffey Jr. is Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. is big time. Ken Griffey Jr., you know, hit all those home runs in an era where everybody was juicing. A lot of steroid babies during that era. And Ken Griffey Jr. was big time. And he was clean. But why not 100%? Why, why, why not 100%? I mean, you know, I, I, you know, it is what it is. Again, not a big deal. But you, you don't think Ken Griffey Jr. is a, a Hall of Famer? I mean, come on. Ninety nine point what was it ninety nine point three? Come on. That point seven percent. Who are you? Come on. But anyway, Griffey's in, Mike Piazza's in, and, and you know, Mike Piazza, you know, obviously I, I think over the years there's the whispers about possible steroid use has always affected Mike Piazza's ability to get into the Hall of Fame. 
But he's again, he never tested positive. You can say about Barnes as well. But I mean, he, he never was tied to anything. So it, it, it's it's about time. Mike Piazza, forget the whispers. You know, people people can whisper to the days. You know, the, to the cows come marching home. But he belongs there. And, and quite frankly, you know, Barry Bonds belongs. Quite frankly, Roger Cummins belongs. Mark McGuire, to me, is questionable. You know, Sammy Sosa, a little questionable. You know, Rafael Palmero, questionable. And, and the thing was, you know, you got dudes, you know, hitting massive big-time home runs during the steroid era. You got dudes who had no business hitting 50 home runs, hitting 50 home runs. Brady Anderson always comes to mind, dude hitting 50 home runs. Uh, that one season with the Orioles, you know that, that was that was that, that's something that probably should never have happened, you know. And again, I don't know. We we can't obviously say, you know, there's no proof in terms of Brady Anderson and 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 steroids. But come on, come on, come on! But Brady Anderson, I mean that that fifty home run season was 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 crazy, absolutely crazy. Fifty home runs, Brady Anderson, and again, we don't have any proof, but when when you go from a, a guy who, what, 30 homers by the All-Star break, you know, he never hit more than 24 home runs in a season before that, after that, and it's like all of a sudden we got a dude now who is, is Babe Ruth. <laughs> but, I mean, it came with the steroid era. That, that, that came with the territory. I guess there's many arguments. You could say, well, everybody cheated, so you're the best of the cheaters. Let them in. Or you could say they cheated, bottom line, they can't get in. And But Clemens' votes went up. Bonds' votes went up. So maybe slowly but surely those guys are inching their way closer to Cooperstown. Maybe. Maybe they're inching closer to Cooperstown. Time will tell. Time will tell. But again, if you if you ask me, Bond belongs in, Clemens belongs in, and everybody else, we can we can start having some debates and questions about. But again, that's the era of baseball that we, we were in. I mean, you know, Rafael Palmero, five run, and you know, obviously, five hundred home runs is always that that number. Bing, ding, 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 ding. You hit five hundred, you go in. But, you know, Palmero, he hit 500, and we all know he said he didn't take steroids, and we all know what happened. So it, it's it's going to be interesting how it plays out. It's going to be interesting. And it should be, again, let Bonds in. Let Clemens in. At the end of the day, they did cheat. But I look at it, those guys would have got in cheating or without cheating. You know what I'm saying? They, they would have gotten him regardless. Then maybe Bonds doesn't hit 70. 
you know, maybe Clemens doesn't continue on as long as he did and as effective as he was. Maybe he doesn't, maybe he does. Who knows? But I, I think he still, minus the steroids, still probably would have got in. Probably. Probably. And, and, and Sammy Sosa, golly, I mean, 57 home runs. He averaged from 1998 to 2001. Do you remember that? Do you remember that 1998 season? McGuire jacking those, smacking those home runs out of the park. And, and you know, 70 home runs. Crazy. Crazy to think that, you know, these guys were putting up those type of home run numbers. Crazy. And, and then you look at now, you, you look at the home run numbers now and, you look at the, <clears throat> you look at Bryce Harper with 47 and Chris Davis with 47. I mean Bryce Harper 42, Chris Davis 47. Nobody has 50, no 50s in there. Most definitely no 60s. It's crazy how much things have changed in the game of baseball for the better. You know we don't see anybody cheat. You know it became a little ridiculous. Guys hitting, you know guys hitting 60 home runs here. 60 home runs there. I mean, that was ridiculous. But it was a fun time. It, it brought people back to the ballpark. And in the end, it, it helped baseball out. And probably one of the reasons baseball had a blind eye to the steroid era. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but that doesn't see mean it. anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I was, uh, trying to throw you, you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around to. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's that Robbie. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> and we're back. Go for it. BlogTalkRadio.com, Talking Sports. Having fun doing it. we got a national championship game coming up. Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson, Clemson Tigers. Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Coming up and coming at you. Monday. All my rowdy friends are here on Monday night. But we got a big game coming up. Alabama dominating. Michigan State. Clemson dominating as well. You know, doing what they needed to do to get to this point. Dominating. Beat down. Absolute beatdown. Clemson beat down Oklahoma. Alabama beat down Michigan State. 
And and so reality is now we got two teams, two undefeated. You got two teams coming in, Alabama thirteen and one, Clemson undefeated. Clemson coming into this game, obviously with that big time offense with Deshaun Watson, and you know the numbers he puts up, the p- plays that he's made throughout the course of this season. Clemson is not here without Deshaun Watson. Bottom line, point blank. But you got Alabama now with that big time defense, and they got a big time defense, and so it's going to be Alabama's big time defense against Clemson's big time offense. Who wins? Who gets it done? Should be fun. Whole heck of a lot of fun. And I I look at this, and you know, in terms of who I'm rooting for, I I, I like Davo Sweeney. I I really. Like his attitude, I really like his temperament. I really like Dabo Sweeney. I really like what he brings to the table as a coach. Seems like a great guy. Seems like a guy you want to break bread with. Seems like a guy who's easy to root for. Seems like it. But has Clemson seen seen a defense like this? Has Clemson seen a defense like this? The defense and a back like Derrick Henry, who's big time. Big time. Big time. And, and so you wonder, Alabama and that defense, Reed and Robinson up front, big time dudes. You wonder if this defense, here's, here's, here's more often than not, a great defense tends to beat a great offense. And you wonder if that would be the case here. You wonder if that would be the case. Here. You wonder. And and I'm, you know, it's, you almost, you kind of saw this coming, Clemson. I mean, Clemson just had that feel about them this year, throughout the course of this year. Clemson just, I don't know. I mean, in terms of, you know, and here's the thing, that Alabama defense has made, you know, guys look average, made a Connor Cook look very average, made a Dak Prescott, excuse me, look very average. They don't miss tackles. I mean, they're big time. And you look at a team, teams in the past four games, you know, offenses haven't scored two touchdowns, average less than two yards per carry. So you, you, you throw that out there, and you got to say, well, this is going to be a stiff test for that Clemson offense. Well, it's going to be a stiff, steep test. It's going to be a fun test. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be a great football game. Great offense, great defense. Who comes out on top? Who comes out on top? Great offense, great defense. Who gets it done? You'll get my prediction later in the show. Johnny Manziel, 
this dude now. Hold on, before we go to Johnny, Deshaun Jackson had some interesting comments today. As we know, Chip Kelly, gone. Out the door. Gone. And so, you look at it, the Philadelphia Eagles have decided Chip Kelly is not going to run their organization. The Eagles have decided that Chip Kelly is not the guy for the job. The Philadelphia Eagles made the right choice. And, and, and so you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, you, you look at this particular football team, you look at this team who, who came into this season with so much promise, but also came into the season with a lot of change. Quarterback, wide receiver, gone, running back, gone. A lot of change in Philadelphia. Some believe unnecessary change. Jeremy Macklin, your number one receiver, gone. You bring in Nelson Aguilar. You bring in Miles Austin. Nelson Aguilar is a rookie. So he didn't come on the scene and do big, put up big-time numbers. Nelson, and so you still had Riley Cooper there. Miles Austin, who you brought in, ultimately cut. Chip Kelly, the GM, got Chip Kelly, the, the, the coach, fired. Chip Kelly, the GM, messed up Chip Kelly, the coach. And Chip Kelly, the GM, made some mistakes. Deshaun Jackson, given away for nothing and, and take it scooped up by your division rival for nothing is a mistake. Jeremy Macklin out the door to Kansas City was a mistake. It was a mistake. Evan Mathis. An all-pro, Pro Bowl guard out the door for nothing. It was a mistake. You can't give away talent and say culture will rule the day. Culture is better than talent, bigger than talent. You can't do that. Deshaun Jackson put up huge numbers in your, your offense. Jeremy Macklin put up huge numbers in your offense. LaShawn McGoy put up huge numbers in your offense. All these guys put up huge numbers in your offense. And each and every one of them you sent out the door. Well, LaShawn Jackson talked about it today. Well, he said to Monday morning quarterback. He said, quote, I just believe in karma. But the guys in that roster created something special. When we were there, we were a brotherhood. So everyone to go separate ways and to see how it ended up, it's very sad. I, I wouldn't say this. Here's the thing. You know, in terms of something special, something special to me would would, would equal a, a Super Bowl or at least a playoff victory or two. That, that Something special would equal that. You know, that, that that's something special to me. I, I mean, maybe me and Deshaun got different definitions of what special is, but special to me is a playoff victory or two. Or or Super Bowl. And here's the thing. It, it it became every here's the thing when you when you make moves the way Chip Kelly made moves, you got to make sure th- that you replace it with decent players. You got to make sure you replace it with guys that can get it done. You didn't do that in Philadelphia. You you replaced it with Demarco Murray, who became a very evident and obvious didn't fit in your offense. You replaced your wide receivers, Riley. You gave Riley Cooper five years, $25 million. I don't know why. Why would you give Riley Cooper that kind of money? 
He stinks. And you could argue that the Riley Cooper situation derailed Chip Kelly the coach and the GM for that matter. I mean, when you have average players popping off, and I know Michael Vick came to his defense, and I know guys came to his defense, and and I was one who believed that he deserved a second chance as well. But I would say this. If I felt like that second chance was at expense of, of, of a distraction, I'm not doing it. If I felt like that second chance would affect my football team on any level, I'm not giving an average wide receiver, like average to below average wide receiver like Riley Cooper, I'm not keeping him around. I'm not going to keep him around if, you know, he is going to be a distraction to my football team. You don't keep distractions around your football team. You don't. And and so Chip Kelly decided to keep Riley Cooper around, and Riley Cooper stunk. He stunk. Absolutely stunk. And you could argue maybe that move was what led to the demise of Chip Kelly era. You know, you... Get rid of Deshaun Jackson. Get rid of Sean McCoy. And I tell you, I know you say McCoy is about money, but you could have did something to, to fix that. You you messed around and gave Demarco Murray all that money, basically now. And, and maybe when a new coach comes in and, and he'll fit his, his, their system a lot better. But basically, if you were going to stay here in Philadelphia, Chip, you would have been stuck with Demarco Murray because it would have been cheaper to keep him. Eight million dollars if you keep him on the roster. Thirteen million dollar hit if you get rid of him. So it's cheaper to keep him. It's cheaper to keep him. And so, with that being said, since it's cheaper to keep him, you know, you you pretty much made a mistake and brought a running back into the mix that did not fit what you do on the offensive side of the ball, does not fit your system, does not fit what you, Chip Kelly, does as a coach and as a – it doesn't fit your system. So it was absolutely a, a mistake. But you, Chip Kelly, the, the GM, messed up Chip Kelly, the coach. And now Chip Kelly is gone. Maybe it is karma on some level that Chip Kelly is gone. I mean, the way they did Deshaun Jackson, the, the way they kind of sullied his name a little bit, you know, I know they, the, you know, the reports are, you know, that, that, that you got the, the article that came out, and a few hours later he was cut. You know, it, 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 you look, read the article, it was all old information. It was old stuff. It wasn't nothing new in that particular article. You know, so the NJ.com article. So the, the point I'm trying to make is this. You, Chip Kelly, uh, you, you kind of, especially with the timing of you cutting Deshaun Jackson and then the whispers about uh, about him and gang ties and all that stuff, you really kind of sullied the man's name out the door. And, and it made it seem like at the end of the day you could say it, was, it wasn't about the outside stuff and so on and so forth. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, 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 it looks like it. You, you you set up the perception that it looks that it's the case of 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 Deshaun Jackson being kicked out the door because of his possible alleged gang ties. I mean, it was it was wrong on all levels, in my opinion. But I, I just and I'm not saying Chip Kelly can still. I, I think Chip Kelly still can possibly be a productive coach in the NFL. He won 20 games in two, the first two seasons, so the Ray Rhodes, by the way. But, you know, he 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 had success. His offense had a lot of success the first couple seasons 
in, in the National Football League. It seemed like he was going to take this world by storm, take the league by storm, and, and you know, it just crashed and burned. And, you know, reality is you need a franchise quarterback in the NFL. Sam Bradford started off shaky, ended strong for the Philadelphia Eagles, but at the same time, are you willing to give Sam Bradford, you know, $13, $14 million to continue as your quarterback? And in reality, are you really even sure about Sam Bradford? I think you still have a lot of questions about Sam Bradford. I think the questions are still out there in terms of what Sam Bradford is as a quarterback in this league. In terms of his, you know, he missed two games. He was fairly healthy throughout the course of this season. But his numbers were, you know, not great. Solid but not great, 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Again, solid. But do you want to invest that, you know, the boatload of money into a guy who, you know, hasn't really shown the ability to stay healthy in the NFL or even in college, and also a guy that you still, even when healthy, have questions about whether or not he is your quarterback. of the He is a franchise quarterback. There are still questions. He's only 28. But there's still questions about whether or not this dude is a franchise quarterback. And, and I think it would be, I don't know if a mistake per se, but I, I think it would be very tough. Well, I mean, here's the thing. There's not much out there in terms of, of quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks in the National Football League. There's, you know, there's not a lot of franchise quarterbacks in the NFL. And, and I'm not saying... Sam Bradford is that guy. I'm not saying that at all. But I think you could do a lot worse. I think you could do worse than Sam Bradford, but I also think you can do better. I think you can do much better. So with that being said, it should be interesting to see how the Eagles proceed. Where do they go when it it comes to to Sam Bradford. What decision do they make? Who do they pick as their quarterback? Who is the guy moving forward for Philly? To me, I think I mean I think you can make a case for Sam Bradford, but I think you also can make a legitimate case against Sam Sam Bradford. I think you can make a legitimate case against it. So with that being said, the Eagles have a decision, and the Eagles should be fun how they decide, what they decide to do. It should be fun to see, first of all, what coach they pick, and then even after they pick the coach, what are you going to do in terms of once you pick that guy, whether it's Adam Gaze, whether it's a uh, John Gruden maybe has thrown his name out there. Maybe it's whether it's a Sean McDermott, whether even a uh, Pat Shermer, I mean, whether even a Deuce Staley. Whether wherever you go in terms of the quarterback, uh, in terms of a coach, it should be interesting to see if you know that coach or even you know the player personnel guy who was uh, Howie Roseman, if they're in love or still want to have and keep. Sam Bradford. Should be interesting. Should be very, very interesting. But we'll see what happens. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. And Johnny, come on. Uh, I I, I think all you can say is, come on, dog. 
Come on, dude. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. You're Johnny Menzel. You're a guy who, you know, you 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 get sit down for a couple games because you got caught partying in Austin and you know rapping on the videos and things of that nature. And so you got four games left in the season. Your final four games to to show the Cleveland Browns management, and if not the Cleveland Brown management, to show teams around the league that you can, in fact, be a starting quarterback in this league. You can, in fact, be that guy. And you look at, even with with, with that opportunity, that opportunity at your hand, even after the mess-ups, even after the first year where you were woefully, you woefully, you know, prepared, you didn't prepare for uh, uh, the games. You, you know, you you didn't do what you needed to do in, in terms of your study. You didn't do what you needed to do. You were you were off on the field. You you were off on the field, and you were off off the field in terms of you preparing to play a game. And then you went to rehab. Okay, you know, you, got, you had a little issue, an unspecified reason, but you went to rehab. And I, I'm not going to hold that against you, at all. You you went to rehab. People go to rehab to get the help that they need. You need the help, you go to rehab. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But you, you, you go into rehab and you come out now and you, you almost, you know, you get a new, you get another opportunity. You know, you, you follow Josh McCown around, a veteran quarterback, and, you know, you have an opportunity. And, and it's not like you didn't play bad this year. You played decent. You played okay. Yeah, yeah, you had guys talking on your roster, that Browns roster, that that maybe you know maybe we got a franchise quarterback here in Johnny Manziel. Maybe. But you're looking at a, a guy now who, who, you know, vet allegedly in Vegas, partying in disguise, you know, coming to team meetings looking a little disheveled almost like you, you had a couple things to drink or you had a rough night. You know, you you, you had your opportunity. I mean, maybe he does. Maybe he's doing this on purpose. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he, he's, he's doing this on purpose. Maybe his goal, ultimate goal, is to get out of Cleveland, go to Dallas, you know, Jerry Jones is, as his owner, you know, get an opportunity in Dallas. You know, that's going to be Romo's team, but maybe as a backup you know, you you play the Texas A and M. You know, you you're back there in in in, in Texas. And maybe you're doing this stuff on purpose because it just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that you couldn't wait another week to get your party on. You couldn't wait till the season was over to get your party. Come on, man. You couldn't wait to 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 the season ended. You couldn't wait a couple weeks to get your party on, man. You couldn't wait. It's 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 just ridiculous. It's it's, it's crazy. You know you. I mean, you, you perform well against the Chiefs. You let your team down the field. You, you you put them in position to win. Ultimately, the clock ran out on you, but you play well. 
you were scrambling pretty well. You you had over 100 yards rushing on the ground. I mean, you play well. You play solid, man. You, you, you were solid this season. But you couldn't wait. You had to party. You, you had to get your party on. You, you, you just couldn't hold back. You, my friend Johnny Mantell, had some tough questions to answer. You, my friend Johnny Mantell, has to figure out what you need to do moving forward to be a, a, a player in the National Football League. You, Johnny Mandel, has some serious problems that you need to address. You, for whatever reason, have to party. And if you're one of those dudes that have to party for whatever reason, you got to figure something out. If you're not handling your business on the football field, if you're not handling your business, you know, your job, well, I mean, what use is all that? What, what use is all that? You have an, you had an opportunity in Cleveland to really, really, you know, cement yourself as the starter, but maybe you're doing it on purpose. Who knows? Maybe you do this stuff on purpose. I don't know. But we're going to bring in a guy, big time, Hall of Famer, Willie Rove. Willie. How are you doing? How are you? Happy New Year. Good. Happy New Year, you too. Uh, and let's get right down to it, Willie. What, what, what are your thoughts on Johnny Manziel, a, a guy – who, you know, can't stop partying, allegedly in Las Vegas, you know, in disguise, partying. I mean, it, 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 what do you say about him? You know, I, I, I think he's trying to find, find a reason to get out of Cleveland. Uh, uh, he didn't want to be anymore, anymore. Get a little bit dysfunctional with the organization. And think about the organization. And, and everything that's going on with with them and all the people that have been fired and, and new coaches and I don't know how many new coaches they've had the last couple of years and uh, I, I think you know I think uh, a lot of guys want to go but you always have to conduct yourself with a pro and um, you know the kid has a lot of upside but you know if you go to rehab and you have a, a, a alcohol problem then you don't need to be first of all he should stay out of Vegas I don't know why he's going to Vegas and he needs to still stop stop going out, but it seems like he can't do it. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing for me. I mean, like, you couldn't have waited a few weeks to, to get your party on. And, and for me, when, when when I see something like that, when I hear something like that, it, it says to me that there is still an issue there, or it says to me that purposely he's doing this to get out of where Cleveland or, you know, doing this on purpose. I mean, I don't know, but hopefully he can get it right moving forward. Yeah, so he, 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 he's, he's supposed to go to the to the facility for the concussion checkup, and he didn't even go. I mean, I don't, I don't know if, if he had already left for Vegas or, you know, what, what he was doing, but he, he he was already gone, I think. But he could have, he could have, you know, if you're, you know, if you're in that situation, you could have easily just just showed up, just you know, been a little, been in, just hang around the facilities, do all you can to make it look like you you know, want to be one of the leaders of this football team moving forward. Make it look like, just look the part. He couldn't even do that. And and so, I don't know. You know, this, this is a guy, obviously, who's got to try, who's got to figure this thing out. And, you know, you would think after last season he would have figured it out. You would even think after what happened a few weeks back where he was caught, you know, in terms of partying and, and things of that nature, he would have figured it out. But he couldn't do it, can't do it, and can't get right. That's basically what he is at this point. You, you look at also, another quarterback, Peyton Manning. 
you know, we 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 saw the allegations on Al Jazeera in terms of the HGH whispers. At this point, nothing has come of it, and you know, we've seen a couple guys sue. Ryan Zimmerman has sued. Ryan, I mean, yeah, Ryan Zimmerman sued. Uh, Ryan Howard has also sued Al Jazeera. Peyton Manning hasn't done anything at this point in time. What are your thoughts on that particular story? I mean, was was it was it proved that did his wife get the HGA ship tour? Was that proven? That that still has not been proven, you know. But they, according to Al Jazeera, they have another source. So I mean, at this point, it, it's not proven. It's just whispers at this point. Well, if his wife was receiving HGH at the time after Peyton had that neck surgery, and it was coincidentally two two thousand eleven. When it was the point in time when he was uh, rehabbing, that would seem to me kind of like uh, too much of coincidence for both of those things to be going on at the same time. Right. I mean, I, I, I here's the thing. I, I don't. I don't. I don't put anything by anybody when it comes to performance enhancing drugs. I, I don't. But I, I, I think there are. There is a little smoke here. I'm not saying there's fire. Because we we still haven't proved anything, but to me, you know, I'm interested to see if Peyton Manning is going to sue. And to me, if he sues, then that tells me something. If he doesn't, that tells me something too. Because you know, again, guys are 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 going out there. Like I said, Zimmerman, Howard, they're suing Al Jazeera. At this point, Peyton Manning, he said he's not going to touch it until the end of the season. Hey, well, he hasn't done anything. Football player being in there, with James Harrison in there too. James Harrison, Matthews. Yeah, Clay Matthews. Yeah, James Harrison. But, and again, you wonder, I don't know. I'm interested to see this thing again. I don't put anything by anybody when it comes to performance enhancing drugs. But hopefully, hopefully, uh, Peyton Manning is clean, and hopefully nothing comes of this. But, you know, there's there's some smoke out here, and we'll see if that smoke turns to fire. I want to ask you this. We, we, you know, the, the Broncos have decided that Peyton Manning is their guy moving forward in terms of the playoffs. Didn't I, did I tell you what they were going to do? I told you they were going to sit him down and let him rest and get him ready for the playoffs. Good move, bad move. You like the move, obviously. Um, I like the move because of the experience. I think Oswald was playing playing okay. Was playing good. I don't know why what happened to the running game the last couple of weeks, but when Oswald was started playing more, they started running the ball better. And, and I know that they were, you know, uh, he had a rough game that last game, and Peyton got in there and did a decent job. But I don't know what his numbers throwing the ball, how well he did. I think he did okay. Peyton Manning, in terms of Peyton Manning, yes. Yeah, he only, he only made a few throws in that particular game. Yeah, he only made a few throws. Yeah, it wasn't really anything major. It, it, again, five for nine, 69 yards, so nothing special in, in terms of him. You know, I know they got a, some rushing touchdowns in that game. So, I mean, you, you look at it with Peyton Manning. I, I, even with Peyton Manning back, I mean, I don't care if it's Peyton Manning or Brock Osweiler. I don't think the Broncos are good enough, and I think the reason they're not going to be good enough is not the defense. I think it's going to be their quarterback play, and I think Peyton Manning is going to be the one that holds them back in terms of getting to the Super Bowl. Your thoughts? I guess if you got to go, you got to go with Peyton Manning in this situation. Osweiler doesn't have the experience, so I'll tell you how to go with 
Osweiler, Emmy Gold Payton, and, and he's been there before. And you have to see how he does. Well, I mean, if he doesn't play good, if he doesn't start playing good, where, where do you put him now? Well, I mean, if he doesn't play well, I think you got to – well, I mean, that's going to be an interesting call. Let's just say you, you're playing in the divisional round. Peyton Manning's struggling in that first half. Let's just say he has a Kansas City Chiefs-like first half where he throws a whole bunch of inter- interceptions and it's awful. If you're Gary Kubiak, do you almost have to go to Osweiler in that second half? Well, I think you'd have to. I would think you'd have to, too. But, I mean, at the same time, this could be Peyton's final hurrah. So do you let Peyton just ride this out, being that it is his final chance, his final opportunity? Because I, I think well, he's done I, I, I will say this. I think his arm is well-rested. I think he's well-rested. And if he, uh, they can, I think the good thing about it is they got the bye week. They can evaluate him during practice. They have an extra week to prepare. And, uh, you know, every time you get paid an extra week to prepare, I think it's going to be good for them. But uh, on, on another note, I mean, you know, what happened with the Eagles and Chip Kelly? <laughs> um, you know, I, I look at that. I look at that, and I think it was a good move by the Eagles. You know, Chip Kelly uh, dismantled this football team. Chip Kelly made some very questionable decisions, and anytime you make radical change like that, and that radical change doesn't equal success, I think somebody has to pay for what happened and what went wrong. And I think Chip Kelly was the guy who paid for it. He should have paid for it. Well, and, 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 and he, with those college coaches up to understand the NFL, you just can't interchange parts and, and, and put some guys in. This isn't college football. It doesn't work like that. And and, and, and I, I think it's a lesson learned. But some college coaches just, you know, it takes a while. Look at Pete Carroll. It took Pete Carroll a while to learn how to become an NFL coach. It doesn't happen overnight. But you just can't interchange parts. No, not at all. You just can't get rid of guys. And, you know, here's, here's to me, the one of the most, you know, you get rid of LaShawn McCoy, and I understand why you did it. You get a linebacker in Kiko Alonzo, who didn't play very well this year. But you bring in DeMarco Murray, you give him a bunch of money, and he doesn't necessarily fit what you do in your system. So that's a big-time mm-hmm. indictment on Chip Kelly. You give up a guy in LaShawn McCoy who won a Russian title in your system, and then you bring in a guy in like DeMarco Murray who, again – at the end of the day, doesn't fit what you do. So it, it, it no, was. No, Ryan Matthews did fit in good with the system. Ryan Matthews had a very good, good year. I thought he fit in. I thought he played very well coming off some of the injuries he had when he was in San Diego. And he actually fitted better than, than mm-hmm. uh, Demarco Murray. But the reality is, Ryan Matthews, the issue with him is injury. You know, he missed a few games. You know, he's always had issues when it comes to injury. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. <laughs> I mean, Deshaun Jackson said it was karma that, you know, Chip Kelly got fired. Maybe it was just karma. Is that possible? <laughs> um, I, think, I think you play with people losing, losing that locker room a little bit. You know, there's people around to see when they're, when people are uh, just, uh, you know, not agreeing with, with what's going on. And I think the owners saw that and, and, and you know, it was time for the to go. And I think if, you, if you're if you a very successful college coach and you're doing a very good job, then a lot of times, you know, why why make that step up anyway? If, if you have to, it matters the type of ego. And I don't know if they know his personality or whatever, but if they know his personality, then they, they would have thought about it beforehand and knew he was going to clash with 
you know, some of the players in the NFL, then maybe they wouldn't have brought him up. I don't know. But, you know, you got to know the coaches, know that they're going to be able to relate to the players on that next level. It's just like a coach going from college to being an NBA coach. Right. And and, and you also the thing is, like you, like you said, you just can't make changes the way he made changes. And, you know, you, you also there was talk about his personality, him not really being very talkative and him not, you know, being very personable with the players. I mean, all those things came out. But, I mean, you know, we heard similar things when it came to Bill Belichick at one point in his coaching career with the Browns and everything. And then ultimately he got that second chance and he made it work. But also you also have to look at it this way, too. He was very fortunate that he found a franchise quarterback in Tom Brady almost by, basically by accident, if you want to be honest about it. And and so you can even look at Pete, Pete Carroll. I mean, he was very fortunate to find Russell Wilson. And, you know, I'm not, that's not a knock on those guys, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, players win championships. And coaches and coaches help, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, if you don't have the horses, it don't matter how good of a coach you are, you can't get it done. And, you know, fortunately for Bill Belichick, he found his Tom Brady. Fortunately for, for Pete Carroll, he found his Russell Wilson and, and maybe Chip Kelly – his next stop, wherever that might be, hopefully for him he can find a franchise quarterback. And also hopefully for him he's learned his lesson in terms of some of the mistakes that he made with the Philadelphia Eagles. And hopefully he won't have any personnel say because, my goodness, Chip Kelly, the GM, really messed up Chip Kelly, the coach, big time. And that's the reason right now he's on the outside looking in in terms of the Philadelphia Eagles. But it was the right move. It was most definitely the right move. I was hoping for it, and I got what I wanted. It was a great uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's gift uh, for me. So you know, I was was very happy to see Chip Kelly out of Philadelphia. And again, I hope he resurfaces somewhere. And I'm not saying Chip Kelly can't be a big time coach in the NFL, but not here in Philadelphia. Maybe he can go somewhere else. Uh, let let's, let's look at let's look at uh, a wild card weekend now. Your Chiefs, <clears throat> ten game winning streak, playing big time football right now. Alex Smith playing well, that defense playing well. Jeremy Macklin putting up big-time numbers for you guys. And so you go into the uh, – I'm saying you guys, you. You guys go to the Texans, go to the Houston Texans. Houston Texans have won seven of the last eight games. To me, it came comes down to quarterback play. The quarterback I trust more in this game is Alex Smith. Your thoughts? Chiefs get it done on, on, on Saturday? Tomorrow? It's going to be a tough game. I think that's going to be a really close game. I agree with you. I think Dallas Smith is playing better. They're starting to, they're starting to uh, you know, and, and really, to be honest with you, that with the line and with the, with the other running backs they've had in there, that offense has clicked better, you know, ever since tomorrow and got hurt. That offense has looked better. I, I love uh, what Kelsey uh, can switch, see other tight end and, and the weapons that Chiefs have. Yeah. Close game. Uh, Chiefs win by four on the road. I agree. I think the Chiefs get it done. I have them. I think they went twenty-one to ten. That defense played well. Yeah, I think they went twenty-one to ten. I think they're a better football team in this particular game. But we'll see. Should be fun. Uh, How about the Steelers and Bengals? You got the Steelers now coming in. They got in. The Jets lost to the Bills. Steelers get in. Big Ben in that big-time offense. No D'Angelo Williams, who was out, but you still got Antonio Brown. You still got Wheaton. You still got those big-time wide receivers. And then you got the Bengals, who, you know, the last four seasons, 
Uh, Andy Dalton's not playing. A.J. McCarron's in. The last four seasons, they've had opportunities in the playoffs. They could not get it done. Do the Bengals finally break through? Do they beat the Steelers? I think, I think the Bengals might get it done this year. I really, it's going to be crazy if they get it done without Andy Dalton, but I think that they have a chance to get it done this year. Well, let me let me ask you this. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, you know, A.J. McCarron goes out, plays a big-time football game, and Andy Dalton, and he's healthy. Do, do you bring Andy Dalton back, or you continue with A.J. McCarron as the quarterback? No, you got to bring that Dalton back. Dalton had a real, real good year. He got hurt today, but I mean, I think you got to bring him back because of the contract. But, you know, he just signed, but, you know, you bring him back. A.J. McCarron is still still learning. I, I mean, excellent quarterback at Alabama. I think he his upside is good, but you get, you got to bring Dalton back. I mean, I think, huh, see, to me it's questionable from the standpoint, okay, Andy Dalton has been big time in the, in, in the regular season, but he's been awful in the playoffs. And also if A.J. McCarron, let's just say A.J. McCarron goes out 300 yards, three touchdowns, Big time performance. You don't keep that hot hand in. No, well, what do you do? He do in the in the regular season game. What do you do? I think he do with two eighty and two touchdowns and two picks. So I mean, yeah, I, I, think he, I think I, I think he can play better than that. I think he's gonna play better than that. I think he can because he played against him in, in, in late in the season. So he knows him, but he played against him. At least he got a chance to play against him. So I mean, I, he's still young though. I mean, he's got you know. I think he's a rookie. He's, you know, he's still got some time to grow. But you got to bring Dawson back. I mean, Dawson has been. I know they've, they've had some excellent regular season with him. He's, he, he's. I don't know when he would come. He would have thrown if he if he'd be ready to play the next week or not. But I mean, if if he if AJ wins the game, it's going to be hard to bench him. If he plays a style of football game, then it's hard to bench him. It's going to be tough. I mean, if he plays very very well. But, you know, Cincinnati, I think this is going to be a game Cincinnati wins with their defense, and that defense is big time. I think this is a game they win with their defense. I think they find a way to limit that Steelers offense. And I think they I, I think they get off the – I think they finally get it done. I think they finally win a playoff game. And, I, I mean, I, I like both of these coaches, but I, I would like to see Marvin Lewis get a playoff victory. Here and hopefully he finally he won, yes, finally. Yeah, hopefully. You, you, you go to Sunday now, you got the Seahawks and the Vikings. This game is going to be cold. You, you talk, they're talking about a high of zero degrees. They're talking about wind chill making it feel like minus 20 degrees. You got the Seahawks. You got the Vikings. First of all, what's the coldest, the coldest game you ever played in? The coldest game I might have played in might have been Philadelphia my rookie year, January 1st, I think. What was the, you remember the temperature? Was uh, I, I think it was zero or minus. It was it was around that temperature. I don't know how how cold it was. But it was very very cold. And, and so you look at this particular football game, and to me there was there was a stat out there. I think it was like for like a thousand possessions or a thousand snaps or something like that. Uh, there an average turnover. The average turnovers in the game is about three point something. And then they said when and that's when the degree is fifty degrees or higher. Now when it's ten degrees or lower. Turnovers go up about two turnovers per game. So mm-hmm. I look at this game, and to me, that cold weather favors the least talented team in this game, and I think the least talented team is the Minnesota Vikings coming into this game. So 
with all that being said, I think Seattle wins. But I think this is a game with – I think the weather helps the least talented team. Do you agree? <laughs> <laughs> is it gonna be snowing? If it's, if it's gonna be Russell Wilson, that that Seattle team is playing such good football right now. I just can't go against them. I don't think Minnesota have the experience. You know, if, if they can stop Minnesota from running the ball and making one dimensional, it's gonna make it even harder on them. They got Marshawn Lynch coming back this week, and, and, and plus the other backs, and, and plus the way Russell Wilson been playing with the other receivers, he. You don't know who he's gonna throw the ball to. I just it's just too it's too much. It's too much experience and this team is looking to try to go to their third Super Bowl. I don't think Minnesota's really ready to beat them. I don't think so either. I I totally agree. I, I don't think Minnesota I don't think they're at the point of their program where, where they're ready to to beat a team like the Seattle Seahawks. I think, you know, their season's already been a success. You know, you win the NFC North, you go into Green Bay, Sunday night football, you get a big-time victory, you win the North, you know, you, you make strides, you get to the playoffs, you got a decent quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, you get your big-time back in Adrian Peterson, you got a solid defense also as well, as well in Minnesota. So I, I think the Minnesota Vikings, their season to me is complete. I, I think they're, they're, they're at the point now where, you know, maybe next year they take a, a, a bigger step, but I think at this point in time, they're not ready for what Seattle has to offer. They're not ready with, to, to to handle what Seattle brings to the table. They weren't ready to handle in the regular season, and they're not ready to handle it now. I think Seattle gets this done as well. In the final game, Packers, Redskins, you got the Green Bay Packers who limped into these playoffs, lost their last two. You know, a, a team, Aaron Rodgers, has you know been under pressure a lot, 13 sacks in the last two games. You know, a, a guy who's turning the ball over a little more than he usually does. And, and, and a guy who, who, you know, even though the numbers are big time, 31 touchdowns and eight interceptions, has looked average at times throughout the course of this season. Conversely, you look at the Redskins, they're coming in here flying high. Kirk Cousins, big time football. You know, the, the, their offense is playing well. You know, they got some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. The game is in Washington. The Redskins are 6-2 and two at home. The Redskins play well at home. And, and the Packers are limping in. Here's how I look at this game. I, uh, the Packers, as far as I'm concerned, they have a fighter's chance. They have a puncher's chance because of who their quarterback is. Their quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. So anytime you have Aaron Rodgers, you have a shot to get to the Super Bowl. You have a shot to win in any football game, as far as I'm concerned. But I just don't see it with this team. I, 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 there's, there's, you know, Jordan Nelson's gone. The offensive line is not protecting Aaron Rodgers. It's, 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 it's it's and they haven't been running the ball consistently either. Right. It, it's just and, not and, and, and I like I like watching the secondary. I don't know, Hall's back. The other guy, the secondary is better. I agree with you. So I know what you're going to say. I agree with you. I think Washington, the way the way um, uh, the quarterback's uh, the playing, Kyle Cousins, the way they can they run the ball, the screen, you know, they run down the best screen. Offense in the league, the way they throw that screen pass and allow them to get down the field. Uh, uh, I think Phil Williams, this has been his finest year at left tackle. I would, I would argue that he might have been the best tackle in football this year. Uh, Trent was this year for, for the Redskins, so uh, I think they will get it done this week. So you like the Redskins this week to get it done against the Green Bay Packers? So let, let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I, I look at the AFC. It's pretty wide open. I mean, 
Tom Brady and the Patriots are limping in a little bit. Patriots haven't been playing well at all. Um, the Broncos, there's questions at the quarterback position. Peyton Manning is a big-time question mark. Um, you know, the Bengals, if, you know, we don't know how well McCarron will be, and we don't know if Andy Dalton's going to come back, but that's a that's a fairly complete football team. So I, I look at, and the Chiefs, I mean, I, I think we can maybe talk about the Chiefs on some level, you know, a hot football team coming into this playoffs. And then the Steelers, too. The Steelers are a team uh, with that offense, with the, with their quarterback play. I mean, that's a team that's dangerous as well. But <clears throat> and you, do, who, who do you think is coming out of the AFC? Do you have, at this point, who do you think is going to come out? That's a good question. Um... I don't think it's New England. You know what? Uh, if Kansas City wins, who do, they, who do they play the next week? They got to go to Denver. Kansas City wins. They are the. They got to go to Denver. Let me say, they are the fifth seed right now. Um, so if they were to win, Kansas City would. Well, depends. Oh, if the Steelers win, then the Steelers go to Denver. But if if the Steelers lose. Then Kansas City, and if Kansas City wins, then Kansas City goes to Denver. But if the Steelers win, Steelers go to Denver. But if Kansas City wins and the Steelers lose, then the Steelers go, the Steelers go home, obviously, and the Chiefs go to Denver. So, I, if, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm rooting for the Bengals to win, and I'm hoping that the the, the, the Bengals win, and obviously you want the Chiefs to win because I think the Chiefs can beat the Denver Broncos, most definitely. I mean, they should have beat them that first game. And they beat them down that second time around. So if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm rooting for the Bengals, and and I want to go to Denver. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs, the, the Chiefs, if if you're if looking at this, I mean, if the Chiefs could get to the AFC Championship game, I'm not saying, you know, if they get there, they'll beat either the Bengals if they're there or or, or the Patriots if they're there, but they could get to the AFC Championship game. And, and, I, I don't like know if they're going to get there, but they the can't. The Chiefs are balanced. I mean, they run the ball, they pass the ball, they play good defense, they got a good secondary. The Chiefs are a well-balanced team. Most definitely. Most definitely. So, I mean. And, they, and, we, and we know, know Andy Reid knows how to coach, you know. I mean, they're going to be ready to play. And, but if you even look at it this way, let's just say the Pittsburgh Steelers go win and, and they go to Denver. Mm-hmm. I like the. I think the Steelers can beat the Denver Broncos. And on some level, the more I look at this, and if the Steelers were to win and go to Denver, I think the Steelers can get to the AFC Championship game. I'm not very high on Denver, not because of their defense, but I got a lot of questions about their quarterback play. Peyton Manning, I'm not so. I think he's done. I really think he's done. And so, with that being you said, you don't think you don't think he has one run left in him. I you don't think he's going to go out with a John Elway in me? No. I, I don't think he has enough in him. I, I don't think he's had enough. I, I just don't see it. He, he's been an interception machine throughout the course of this season. He just doesn't have enough. I, I think but, but that was really one game, though, Paul. That was really that one well, bad game. Well, I mean, but he still had interceptions. He was still throwing interceptions throughout the course of the season. I mean, that game kind of blew it. That was kind of, you know, that game was like the blow-up, but – you know, he still had some missteps throughout the course of this. I don't know. 
I, I just look at, to me, I think whoever plays the Broncos, in the, if it's the, the Chiefs or the Steelers, if they go and play the Broncos, I think the Broncos lose in the first round. I really do. I don't think the Broncos win in the first round. I think this is going to be another first-round exit for Peyton Manning. The more, mm. the, more I look, the more I look at it, if the Cincinnati Bengals, if Andy Dalton comes back, I think the Bengals, talent-wise, could get to the Super Bowl. You know what? I'm just going to put it out there. I think the Cincinnati Bengals get out of the AFC. Mm. I, I just, I'm, the Patriots are limping. Um, I look at the, the Broncos, quarterback is questionable. Uh, this could be the year of the Bengals. This could be the year of the Bengals. Oh. I, I, think the, I think the Bengals get out of the AFC. I could be wrong. I'm kind of going out on a limb a little bit. But I think the Bengals You're not going out on a limb because you got a, you got A.J. McCann quarterback. You don't know when Andy Dalton's coming back. That's true. But I also look at if the Steelers, Gwen, I think the, if the Steel, I think the Steelers also have the ability to get to the Super Bowl because of that offense that they have. But I don't know. I think this it's it's wide open. And even if I go to the NFC, I'm I'm looking at the NFC. I know Carolina won 15 games, but I I, I think Seattle can easily beat them. I know uh, Arizona won 13 games, and we saw what Seattle did to them last week. And well, even and I was going to say this. Uh, before that, before that whooping I saw Arizona take, I would have said I would have rather gone and play Arizona before I go play Cam Newton and them in Carolina. I'm saying that I think it's going to be tough to beat Carolina at home. I think the only team that would could beat them at home would be Seattle. And if they don't play Seattle, I see Carolina making it to the Super Bowl, and I see Carolina playing against. The Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> now, okay, here, here, let's let's ask this question now again. And before you answer this question, make sure you guys... if it's not Kansas City, if it's not Kansas City, they can knock off Denver. I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go with Denver Broncos because they got home field, and it's gonna be tough to beat them at home. It's gonna be a, a close game. So and and and, and you got Denver still got them DBs. They still got to receive it. The defense was playing good. So I, I, I have a feeling it could be Carolina, uh, Denver, or you know if, if Denver doesn't need to do those two games, or there could be somebody that's going to upset Denver at home that's going to beat them. I, I look. I I, I say the NS, AFC. I honestly believe that five of the six teams could actually make the Super Bowl. And team I don't think can make the Super Bowl is the Texans. I, I think five of those six teams could actually make the Super Bowl. You're and right. I look at You're the, right. It's a lot of parity this year. Yeah, and I look at the NFC, and I see three out of the six teams. And I'm going to give the Green Bay Packers a puncher's chance because they have Aaron Rodgers. But legitimately, yeah, but I, don't I, don't agree with, I, don't, I agree with you with Seattle, but I don't, I don't agree that I don't I, – I just – I, I, I didn't like the way the way the way Phoenix, you know, Phoenix got beat bad. I just didn't the way they didn't play them. They lost the, the Honey Badger. Um, I, I just I just didn't see any fight in them. I just you know, like I said, I just, it's gonna be hard to beat Carolina at home. It is, but I, I just think you know Carolina's playing well. But do they scare you? Like, are, are you? 
scared of Carolina. No, I'm not scared like, of Carolina. If they get up on you, the part of Carolina, their defense is good. If they get up on you, you're not going to – you're not gonna catch up. You're not gonna. You're not gonna just go up and down the field on that defense. That's not happening. It's gonna be cold out there. You're not gonna just run up and down the field on Carolina. It's not gonna happen. You, you said you feel like this is the year of the Carolina Panthers. I just feel like the way Cam Newton has been playing all year, I feel like that team is hard to beat. He's using every. I think the game has slowed down tremendously for him, and uh, if they can run the ball. With that defense and the way they create a couple of turnovers, it's going to be tough to beat them at home because they can do so many, can beat you so many ways. It's going to be tough. So it's unless, unless, the only way, the only, I'm putting it like this, the only way Carolina loses at home is if Cam has a bad game. Throw a couple of picks, fumble. If Cam doesn't step up and he just has a, a, a subpar, decent game, then they win and get somebody can beat them. If Cam is excited and playing the way Cam plays, he gets everybody going. So they're hard to beat when he gets going. So uh, it should be fun. It should be fun. And I wouldn't mind seeing Cam uh, get to the Super Bowl and ultimately winning the Super Bowl. I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing something well, like I'll that. Well, Carolina, you know, I would like to see Peyton go out with, with a chance. If it's not, if it's not Denver, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Bengals and the Seahawks. I, I'm not I going with the Bengals because you got A.J. McCarron at quarterback. And, and I, I don't I, think he can get it. If, 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 if Dalton comes back, I don't know if he can get it done. But I know A.J. McCarron ain't ready to take him to a Super Bowl. I know Tom Brady is Tom Brady, but based off of what you saw, and I know Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning, but based on what you saw the past few weeks with Tom Brady and based on what you saw – with uh, 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 Peyton Manning throughout the course of this season, those teams are beatable. Those those are two beatable football teams. Not saying A.J. McCarron can do it, but I'm not going to say he can't do it. So I, I'm going with the Bengals, the Seahawks, and I think Seattle wins the Super Bowl. But that's just my opinion. Come on, Seattle should have won the Super Bowl last year. I think it's Seattle this year. You look at Seattle and how they're, how they're playing in terms of the, the, the way they ended the season. They're ending the season on a high note. They're playing some big-time football right now. They, their defense is playing well. Their offense is playing well. I, I, I think Carolina. I, th- I think Seattle gets it done, but we'll see. I mean, that's why we play the game. And I got Carolina versus them. And I got Carolina. I got Cam Newton, MVP, and I got Cam Newton, Super Bowl MVP. Okay, so this is the year Cam <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. It should be a lot of fun as we see. We'll see how this thing all plays out. Willie, pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Hall of Famer, Willie Rose. Uh, you know, and, and we'll see what happens. That's why it's all fun. I'm going to go with the Bengals and, the, and, and this uh, Seahawks. And I think the Seahawks win the Super Bowl. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong, but I doubt it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, championship game coming up. You know, you got my predictions uh, with the NFC, with the uh, wild card weekend, and then the Super Bowl as well. Uh, championship game coming up on Monday. You know, obviously it's that Clemson offense against that uh, that, that tough Dem- uh, Alabama defense. You know, Alabama's big time. You know, they're, they're one of the best teams in college football. Clemson's one of the best teams in college football. Obviously, they wouldn't be on the stadium if they weren't. But like I said, 
I like Clemson's mojo. I like Clemson. I like what's going on with Clemson right now. I just like their energy. And, and, and again, I could be wrong, and maybe I will be wrong. But Deshaun Watson's playing big time football, you know. And 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 you know, this Clemson offense is playing big time football. There's something about this Clemson team, to me, that looks special, that looks national championship worthy. And I'm going with Clemson. You know, I, you could say Alabama has that big-time defense. You could say a great defense always beats a great offense. But I'm going with Clemson in this game. I just like what I see out of Clemson Tigers. I just like what I see out of Dabo Sweeney coaching that football team. I like Clemson. I could be wrong. I may be wrong, but I doubt it. I want to thank Hall of Famer Willie Rowe for stopping by. We were supposed to be joined by Jeremy Carley. We couldn't get him on. Maybe we'll get him on in a future show. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pecan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter or at go for Follow us on Twitter at go for it. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care.